Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Nate Moyer. Alongside me via Skype and the beauty of the internet is David Arnold from somewhere in Michigan. What's the city name? Dexter, where are you at? Tecumseh, Michigan. Yeah, I was going uh, as in As in the general that burned down the south. Many <laughs> that was Tecumseh. Tecumseh Sherman. Uh, and, 100, 170 years ago. And uh, actually, it's more famous, the Indian warrior Tecumseh, who led the battle in the War of 1812 against William Henry Harrison, which, which, is, which who, is just like three hours from where you live. You oh, should know this. The yeah, Battle, is, battle is of Tippecanoe. That's who, that's who the town is actually named after. But but I just enjoyed saying the burn down the South Park. So okay. So, and, and my other host, now that we've gone completely off script, is Ernest Watts from <laughs> somewhere in North Carolina. It's not going to give us a historical thing, is it? What's, what town are you in, Ernest? Dan so, Carter. I'm actually in Cordova. Cordova. Hardcore. Rockingham, yes. Rich Corinthian leather, as Roberto Montablon would tell you about. I guess that's before your time. It was a commercial. Just go with it, folks. The audience over 50 will know what we're talking about. All right, boys. Well, let's let's get right into it. We're going to talk a little NBA draft, a little NBA free agency, and see what else else we got in store. Maybe some baseball, maybe some... uh, College, we'll see what happens. But anyway, let's start with the the NBA draft was last week. So obviously Zion went number one. I think there was no surprise with the top three picks. What do you guys like about it? What was like your crazy pick? What was your the pick you like? Obviously, we kind of know the top three pick. I think we kind of knew that for a few weeks. But uh, let's see, David. What what did you think of the whole draft? What was your what was your take? Uh, so, so the two big winners for me from the draft. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks uh, trading up with the Pelicans to draft DeAndre Hunter, probably the most pro-ready prospect in, in the draft, uh, to to be the defensive stopper for the Hawks team who has no defense. Um, and then also drafting super prospect uh, Cam Reddish with the 10th overall pick. So, so they got an NBA-ready 3 and D guy, and they also got a... Pro, long-term project 3 and D guy. And Cam Reddish is the long-term project, but his upside is tremendous, you know, tremendously up. Uh, he, he was, for some people, ranked above RJ and Zion going into his freshman year at Duke. Uh, obviously dropped back to the number three guy at Duke. But but with the Hawks, you know, he can learn, he can play, grow up with this young team uh, alongside DeAndre Hunter, alongside Trey Young, and really maybe become a, a super version of like a, a Marvin Williams type. Uh, player uh, who I think DeAndre Hunter kind of projects out to be uh, second off uh, m- my next big winner um, was definitely for me the Cleveland Cavaliers being able to draft Darius Garland at number five uh, John Beeline has a has a sneaky potentially great guard to to build his whatever he's trying to do in Cleveland with Darius Garland potentially has the talent to be a number one pick or the next Trey Young type person. You know, he obviously got hurt early on in the college season, but the way Beeline develops guys, we'll see if he can translate that to the NBA. Those are my two winners. I think the Cavaliers and uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Ernest, what do you think? I like what the Pelicans did, not only getting Zion, but picking up uh, Jackson Hayes from Texas, who's a development, but he's probably the best shot blocker. From tech, you know, again, he's best shot blocker. He's got great potential. He's only played basketball for two years. He played football in in high school. His rebounding numbers worry me a little bit. At the same time, they picked up Nikhil Alexander Walker, who played at Virginia Tech, who is an all around swing man, defensively very good. I, I, like I said, I think that was a steal. I think your your Pistons got a steal with. Seteku Dombroboya. Which I'm very excited about. Very, very excited about. He's somebody that I I think can do very well. I think there's a steal. I think the Bulls are going to find out Kobe White is more of a two-guard. I I have concerns about Garland in the fact that we've only seen him play three games in college. Right, right. He played five games, didn't he? But still, it's still a small sample. You're right. That's a small – and again, he was a freshman – and, and it, but so much of this NBA draft is potential. 
I mean, you only had one senior drafted in the first round, and Nate, you know who that was because he was drafted by the Suns. Oh yeah, we'll uh, get to that. You know, there were two big surprises. Well, we'll get we'll get to those, but uh, I there were some good pick. Like I said, I think it, anything out of the top three, uh, you you may get a surprise. Another one that I really like, and I've liked this kid for years, is Common Geely, uh, who played at Florida State. Nets drafted him, and they traded him to the Clippers. Uh, Jordan Poole, I kind of worry he's got an injury, how much he's going to be able to do for the Warriors. I think they did pretty well. When you look at what the Warriors picked up, and you know, just yes. scrimping and going, yeah, they not only got him, uh, I mean, trying to think of who they got in the second round. Oh, they picked up the Eric Pascal from Temple. The, so the, I think the Warriors, with only one late draft pick in the first round, I think the Warriors did really well. So, so, so they went to Goodwill and they got themselves a, a Clay Thompson, you know, uh, cheap version, right? The 99 cent version, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and then, and then Pascal. Kind of the same type of situation. Uh, Nate, let me give you two more names, and then you can do. You can tell us who you like uh, as well. Uh, so the Cleveland Cavaliers also drafted Dylan Windler from Belmont, who is six foot eight forward, uh, but he shot forty three percent from three pointer. If you're looking at Beeline as this offensive genius in college, uh, he he made his name off of Kevin Pitsnagel and. and and Wagner, who just got traded to the Wizards today from LA to open up a max cap slot, and we talk about that later. But but Beeline's going to give himself seven, eight guys who can all shoot thirty five percent from the three point line, and we're going to see where that goes. I think Beeline is going to max out the uh, the three point line thing and 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 try out his college system in the NBA. And they also traded uh, or bought, I should say, the last pick of the first round got Kevin Porter Jr., who had super lottery talent, you know, top 10, top five, even potentially talent, but didn't play that well at USC, you know, had some drama involved with his year. Uh, They drafted him with the last pick in the first round. Uh, So with three super young guards with Colin Sexton, uh, and then a a forward who can shoot alongside Kevin Love, if they don't trade him, the Cavs have a lot of three point shooters. I don't know what's going to happen, but at least this gives the beeline some fun. They're going to be a sneaky fun team to watch, even though they're going to lose 50 games next year. Well, how about the Grizzlies? They're going to have Brandon Clark and Jay Morant. That's not a bad little backcourt there. I think Clark who played at Gonzaga is, is totally pretty good two guard. Jaron Jackson jr. Too. All right, right, Nate, tell me, tell us about your your Phoenix Suns, or you can tell us who you liked. Uh, Uh, You know, I was, I, I got that they moved back in the draft. The Suns, um, I think they moved back from five to, or I'm sorry, from six to like eleven with the with the Timberwolves. Um, they got a good, decent, average um, power forward that I think hopefully will develop more in Phoenix. Uh, Monty Williams, I think, coached with him. Uh, was it Nardario Saric? I can't know if I said that name right, Ernest. I say that yep. right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So you know that's a good fill gap because they've needed a power forward. So that that's not awful for moving back. I was a little shocked by the pick. Um, it was a cam Johnson from, um, North Carolina, but you know what? I mean, I think what the Suns are doing is they, they can't take on any more projects. We've got projects. We've got too many young guys we needed, but I I just feel like we could have drafted him later, but quite honestly, maybe they were trying to, and they just, nobody wanted to move up, um, and give the Suns what they wanted. So I, I don't, I didn't hate the pick. I was a little shocked by it. Um, so I'm, 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 well, I'm not excited about it. I am gonna like wait to pass judgment on well, it. Here you go, Nate. You, Nate, you, Nate you dra- probably got the smartest guy in the draft. This is a kid. He attended three colleges, and I've seen every game he's played the last three years. Uh, he had two degrees by the time he was a junior. Talk about Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson. Yep. He is a three and D player. Six foot he nine. Plays, yes, he's six foot nine. He's not laterally very quick. But he's an accurate shot. I mean, he is. Well, he's never going to be a starter. He's never going to be a starter, but he's going to come off the bench. I would be excited who you got at 24 and Ty Jerome, who was a point guard for your national champions, the Virginia Cavaliers. I think Ty Jerome is probably was the best pass first point guard. I mean, everybody's talked at the beginning of the draft about uh, Darius Garland and Kobe White. Well, they're really, they're really point guards who have to have the ball they're more of a combo guard and jerome is more of your pass first guard so i think that was an excellent pickup 
in the latter part of the draft. That was a steal. I did and, like uh, Jerome. I, I actually did like that pick. Um, I was actually at a very noisy sports bar, and I had no idea that the Suns had actually moved up in the draft. So I think I forgot what team they traded with, but I saw them make the pick, so I had no idea Phoenix had it. Um, I think until either you or David <laughs> had actually texted me, and I said, oh, so they did move back in the draft. But um, I, I like it. I, I don't know if he's going to start. I think the, the Suns are hopefully going to target him at uh, point guard and free agency, but this would be a great D'Angelo. backup. Maybe we could get, you know, kind of like, he kind of reminds me of like a Della Donna guy, you know, good, good motor, good heart. Um, doesn't look like that athletic, but you know, he, he, he came up huge as a backup. And I think, I don't know where he is in the league now, but I think he's earned himself a starting spot somewhere. Um, or he might just, but, but, you know, he was a good guy off the bench. So I think that's he, who they look at as Jerome. He reminds me of McDonald with the 76ers and uh, help me quick, David, uh, the guy who played for the uh, Cleveland when they won the championship, oh, who played oh, at St. Mary's. Deladova, Matthew Deladova. Yeah, De- yeah Dova. He reminds me of Deladova. He reminds me of McDonald, who played at Arizona, uh, who, who's a pretty good backup point guard with the 76ers. So if I had to tell you what he's very much like, I would say him. Uh, and, and, you know, I, and I like to look at the second round, second round, you always get great picks. And I think Terrence Mann who went to the Clippers, another Florida state kid. They were, uh, Morel Shayok who went to the six Sixers, I think really racked up and a uh, guy who was the shooting guard, Kyle guy, uh, the Kings picked him up. I think, you know, second round picks are not, uh, Guaranteed contracts. They're fun. So you can, yeah, you can you can stash them. And and David, I think Jordan Bone from Tennessee was a great pickup for the Pistons. I, I'm amazingly excited about the Pistons draft for the first time in a long time. I think one thing about to go back to Cam Johnson with the Suns is, you know, he kind of reminds me, and this sounds crazy, but I'm just going to throw it out there. He kind of reminds me a little bit about Durant. Durant was a really good shooter and looked – lanky too skinny needs to get built you know when he came out for the draft um out of texas he kind of has that like slender look let, to him let me tell you but i, I would i'm telling you if they Marvin can develop Williams. if they can no, develop he's... johnson's other parts of his game i don't know that he could be the next durant i think that's a little bit of a stretch but he's already got the shooting capability so monty he's williams Marvin our coach williams. our coach has out there is out there is supposed to be very good at developing him so I mean, he's good. He's mature. So I think you know, I, this now. This is my optimism, hoping out. This is, I'm, I'm hoping would, this is what the Suns had in mind and what they see in him as potential. But you've seen him at North Carolina, so you you've got a better body of yeah. work watching him than I I do. Here's the range. At best, he's another Harrison Barnes. At worst, he's another Jackson. From Carolina, I mean, it's two Carolina guys. I'm talking about. Well, what about Marvin? Serviceable. Do, do not. No, do Marvin's six eleven. Marvin is a great yeah, rebounder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's not the rebounder, but he is a finished product. I mean, you know what you're going to get. So many of these guys that we're talking about tonight are we're looking at upside. We hope, except for the top three, except for Barnett, Morant, and and Zion, you pretty much know what you're going to get with those three. With the rest, you're talking sophomores and freshmen. Which is so, why I, I actually think it's a great pick by the Suns, or, or at least a sneaky good pick to get a guy who's a great three point shooter uh, as a as a six foot nine guy. Uh, you know, to come off the bench and just give you consistency. Consistency is something that does not synonymous with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so at least a piece for the next five years. You know, if they ever turn Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton into a you know, finished project or product type person uh, and, and put someone like D'Angelo Russell beside them. You know, hey, they, hey, just, Nate, they just Nate showed Russell. that Russell is in Arizona right now. He was spotted in Phoenix today. So let's – tri- But he's let, also let's, best friends with Booker, so I don't know if so, that's going to so work. Take that, no, no, let's let's do that right now, Nate. Let's move into the free agent market. And, well, and well let, me, let me help Nate feel good about one more thing before we get there. It wasn't the worst draft pick in the first round. That went to the to the Wizards, Washington Wizards. Yeah, uh, Rui Hashimura. Is DC a, is, conquers Japan. Uh, let me see. He is a at best. He's six six, and he was a power forward at Gonzaga. Yeah. This will be a bad pick. So it's not the worst pick, and you know what you get. But David. To free agency, you said. Well, let me say one thing, too. This is kind of part of the draft. Immediately after the draft, the Suns drafted – or 
signed a high school guy that I guess was playing five years of high school ball, so he was technically eligible for the NBA. Did win on drafts. Illegal is J- Jalen L E C Q U E. So anyway, yeah. he the Suns signed him to a four year deal, so they must think really highly of this guy. I think it's a two and two with a you know first two guaranteed or something. But I think they're planning on stashing him in the G the D League for a year or two. But he might have some really good potential, and I think that's kind of the project that they wanted to get. But he's going to be in the D League, so he won't be there for you know at least a year to see see how he develops. Right. But that that kind of has me a little bit excited. I'm, I'm excited that they, I mean this was like immediately after the draft. They did this so because they wanted to get him. So um, I'm excited about that. But yeah, we can we can move on to the um, okay. So 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 with the free agents here, I want to talk about the top three or four, and then I want to get one word answers uh, about the new shifted landscape with free agency and the Anthony Davis trade. Uh, quickly, what you guys think? Uh, but first off, I think the most interesting names that come to mind. Um, First, Kawhi Leonard is definitely re-signing with the Toronto Raptors, right? Uh, like, there's, I don't think he's I'm he not, said he's I'm taking meetings that. with the Clippers uh, yeah. and the Lakers and the Lakers and the so, Knicks. So oh, in the Knicks now, the yeah, Knicks. yeah, and the Knicks also. He got, I'd say seventy-five percent chance Toronto at this point. He got he got spotted on vacation, I think, in Bermuda or Jamaica uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays jersey on today. Someone took a selfie with him with a Blue Jays jersey on. Uh, I'm telling you, he's going to come out with a with a T-shirt. It's gonna say he stay, period. And that's how he's gonna announce. He I stay. think he'll sign a s- small contract. Two, two, two years, years one, yeah. one and one, and then he'll be in the cl- he'll be on the Clippers in three years, right? I don't think I'm wrong in saying that. Uh, or, or or maybe he'll wait for LeBron to leave. Okay, next because I think we all agree there. Kevin Durant, do we, do we have any feelings on the whole Nets thing? Well, he did just player. sell his California house, Durant. And they just said he bought a house in New York, so that in could all, be in mean all nothing. But at the same time, I think with his injury, he had the surgery in New York, so he might just be doing that for to be near his doctor. Because obviously, we all know he's not going to be playing this next season. So I wouldn't read too much into it. But I think the ESPN and the social media and everything with rumors right now is just any little thing happens. You know, like oh, he wore a jersey of this team, or he wore this. Like oh, he's definitely staying. So I think um, if I was Durant, I would just stay in Golden State one more year. But I know he declined the option. But I would. You're going to go into this billion dollar league. And you're going to have the the envy of the league as far as the the um, stadium for one year. Why not just stay there? I mean, you're you know everything about it. But I, I don't know what's going on in the ins and outs with the. There might be stuff behind the scenes I don't know about. But I'm just saying to me, why not just stay there and wait till next summer, see how you rehab. But I think I, I'm guessing it's probably going to be. I'm going to guess the Knicks. I don't think it's going to be the Nets. I think it's going to be the Knicks. Let's well, uh, all, all the Ernest, Knicks money is on the What Knicks. do you think, Ernest? I think Knicks, Nets are second. I think because wow. of the injury and because he will be diminished when he returns, Knicks, the Nets. I don't – maybe a 25% chance going back to Golden State. All right. So, so next person, and then we'll kind of move quickly. Uh, Ernest, you're in North Carolina, huge Hornets fan. All, all the buzz about Kemba Walker is that he's going to Boston. Yeah, uh, Michael, Michael will not give him the fifth option year. Smart. Which is the vantage, which is a difference of $70 million. Which is smart. So it looks like I, I good business, but it's going to be a hard sell. The only upside in this is next year I'll be able to get tickets real easy on the lower level. Start the process. Yeah. But the reboot. How many, how many teams, again – the process only works for like twenty five percent of teams that go in the process. Memphis, well, you, the Suns are the Suns are perfect. Suns are the process. Like I said, you've you've got to get that that anchor player that that brings in the free agents, well, and they made mistakes making big time contracts to MKG ugh. and to Nicholas Batum, and that's because they came off of a playoff season. CP three, and they thought, yeah, they thought they had to bring him. And and you get those long term contracts. I understand from a business aspect because this would tie you up, uh, and it would be hard. But you don't we, saw, we saw Morning leave. We saw Baron Davis leave. We saw uh, Larry Johnson leave. We saw Glenn Rice leave. So this is not the. First I do have time. to say, Ernest. I would have to say that if Kemba Walker leaves, that would definitely sting. Oh, it's it will be lucky to win twenty games. All right, because really they're the Hornets, it's a, it's a joke. I'm sorry. 
Oh, okay. All right. But That's yeah, a dad I joke. would say right now I would say 60% uh Boston, 30% uh the Hornets and maybe 10% Phoenix, uh, Arizona. Dallas, Dallas or Lakers. Uh, Dallas Lakers both 10%. Well, before okay. we get too further it seems like it seems like Dallas is going after Al Horford. So before we get too much further, I did have one question because David's kind of taken this and ran with it a little bit. But let me just throw this out there and I'll let kind of David go back to what he's got going on. Um, so with the free agent, what is now that the Lakers have opened up a max contract slot, what do you guys think? What player, max player, do you think is going to go to L.A. right now, now that they've got that third spot? Um, so we'll go, Ernest, what do you think with that? Jimmy Butler. Think it's going to be Butler? I think it'll be Butler. David, what do you think? D'Angelo Russell. You think Russell will come back? They've had him one time. I think they, they ran him out of town once. Uh, well, Magic ran him out of town, and there's no Laker on the roster still who was there when he was the player. And I'm telling you, if I'm D'Angelo Russell and I'm the saying – The owner's still the same. Kuzma, was it Kuzma well, there? Kuzma wasn't there? Kuzma was not there. And if I'm D'Angelo Russell, I'm saying I could be with Phoenix and play my best friend, be on a crappy team. Or I could go to L.A. for the same money now and play with LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's either going to be D'Angelo, Jamie Butler, or nobody. And it's one this, of those three. I think this best friend stuff is just ridiculous. Remember this year how the White Sox brought in uh, um, Machado's entire family, his brother-in-law, right. his best friend? I mean, I've, I've heard the Nets have been trying to bring in uh, Jordan because he's supposedly very tight with Durant. And I just don't think this makes a bit of sense. But, well, I mean, guys may be friends. But Carmelo and LeBron are best friends. Where has that ever helped yeah. out? But I Carmelo. think Carmelo's not really going to – he's not really built for the league anymore. But I think he'll probably sign a minimum contract with the Lakers. I'm sure he'll be going there to play All with right. LeBron. I, I think – you know, I – I, just, I, I do kind of try to figure out like who is who's the next player, but I, I do kind of like Jimmy Butler. I think Butler's kind of makes a lot of sense because um, I think in getting him, it also burns Houston, which would be kind of funny too, because Houston's but, just throwing everything at this sign and trade well, nonsense. Houston, but. Yeah, but but does Butler actually make the Lakers a championship contender? D- does he actually fit? Does he fit alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis? I, I mean, who's going to play point guard for them? Butler brought the ball up for the uh, 76ers half the time. Not exactly a good example. They, they might right sign, now, re-sign Rondo. It, they'll, they'll get right. a point guard that wants to play. That's, well, I don't think as Rondo's much as, championship. Guys, as much as we pile on the Sixers, except for one great shot, you know, they pretty much were the second best team of the league yeah. this year. You're talking about they, they had Toronto almost beat. There, there's only one way to become the best team. And that's trading the guy who can't shoot three pointers. Won't even attempt them. No, no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh-huh. I'm, I've got I've got three under the radar free agents. All right, bring it, and then let's let's move on after that. Okay, here's my three under the radar. Uh, of course, Nikola Vucevic down at uh, the Magic, who was an All Star this year. The Magic are going to give him everything. They have. Yeah, to. they're going to have to. Uh, Al Horford. I think he's going to really bank it at Dallas. Al Horford is not only what he brings you off on the court, it's what he brings you off the court also. And here's a guy that if I thought I was a contender, if I was the Lakers, I would go after Bojan Bogdanovic from Indiana. He is a deadly shooter at 6'8". He can play the two-guard. Bogdanovich is an assassin. You know, as as soon as um, oh, what's his name went down with the injury. Olapito went down with the injury. Bogdanovich stepped up, and the Pacers almost didn't miss a beat that entire second half of the season. You know, he averaged eighteen points a game. You're looking at a, at a sniper small forward who can who can do that for you. If the Lakers can maybe sign him to a decent contract and maybe just fill in the rest of the roster, not max him out, maybe give him two three years, maybe that's not a bad you know lesser you know version of what Jimmy Butler can provide. Uh, and, and Nate, I got a point guard for your sons. Who's that? Malcolm Brogdon. I think that's who they want from Milwaukee, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's he's on the radar um, because he's a restricted free agent. But I think they might just have to overpay a little bit to get him from Milwaukee. I'm sure Milwaukee needs to match him yeah, um, to a certain him. point. You but put some poison pills in the contract. You put some po- you loaded up heavy 
at the end of his contract. The Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I mean, you load it up heavy, and then if they take it, it's a poison pill. It ties up their their whole cap because at some point, the big man in the middle is going to have to renegotiate his contract. Remember, he's still on his rookie contract. You know what's funny with the Suns? I, I I just I look at this when I talk when I hear about their cap space, and I'm like, how do we not have that much cap space? Like we're like the worst team in the league, and we don't even have that much cap space. Like we have Aiton who's on a rookie deal, we have Josh Jackson who's on a rookie deal, we have we we have a one max player which is Booker. I I'm just looking at this like I, I can't figure out the math. Like who do we have tying up this who, cap space? It? it just just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, every time I hear it, I, I just. I'm just shocked because I think they've got to renounce. Uh, I think it's, it's Orby for to make a max player. It's just it's just bizarre to me that I'm looking at that. How can you be the worst team and not have so, that much cap space? I would so think here, the Lakers have three max player spots and the Suns have one. And maybe well, they can move some there, stuff there's around. Good, sometimes, there's, it's, sometimes it's dead money. It's old contracts. Yeah, it's just that players stuff. are gone. Yeah, it's it's there, dead there's, money. There's going to be an NBA MVP. It's either going to play for the Suns or the Lakers at the start of next season. Who's the NBA MVP? Giannis was Derek, this year. Oh, Derek Rose is going to be on the Lakers and Phoenix Suns. He is so. What are the young people? Up. Washed. He is so washed. Yeah, he's a minimum contract championship player for the Lakers, or is a starting point guard at five million dollars a year for the Phoenix Suns for four games. Yeah, he's a starting point guard for four games. Uh, they might try to keep him, but if you're Derek Rose, are, are you spending your entire year in Minnesota or are you going to L.A. or Phoenix? I do so have to a, say that the Suns back in the bench, Arizona, it's really nice weather during the NBA season. Back in the bench, he, he, He's such a ball-dominant guard. I mean, but, it's but, hard to pull that off. Not as a starter for the Lakers, but as a, as a, as a second off the bench, you know, off the bench point guard, the second rotation, he can still put up numbers. We saw in, in Minnesota's past year, he was healthy. He's changed his game. I think he could be a key piece. You know, talk about redemption story right there. If he comes off the bench, helps the Lakers, you know, scores like ten points in a game five or six of the the NBA Finals, wins a title. Him and LeBron, baby. I'm just he telling. scored fifty this year. He is a ball hog. I mean. Ball hogs, name me a ball hog in the NBA who changed. Iverson couldn't do it. Ball hogs, ball hogs make terrible starters. They make perfect second rotation guys. Perfect bench guys. All right, but let's let's forget all that. Let's move on. We, we can move on. Baseball All-Stars just happened. We're deep into this podcast already. We're burying the lead. All-Stars were named tonight, uh, as you're listening, tomorrow, presumably, or yesterday, I mean. Nate. Give me your favorite all stars. Tell me. Tell me well, about that. I got to say, Marte from the Diamondbacks. I'm excited for him. Um, he's the first Diamondback to start an all star game since J Bell, Bell in 1999. Wow. No, Luis Gonzalez, I think he won the home run derby in 2001, uh, 2000, 2001, the same year they won the World Series. Um, but he was not a starter. J Bell was lost, which is, and J Bell was in 1999. They were That's the Diamondbacks for two years. No, they were two years. They were. A year old, nineteen ninety eight was their first year. So wow. Jay Bell was their um, second. So I'm excited for him. It's it's funny because we had Goldschmidt all those years, and Goldschmidt always was um, a reserve, but he was he was quite well. And I don't even think he I don't even know if he's on the um, reserves this year. He's obviously not the starter for the NL, but I don't even think he made the reserves this year. So um, now that he's in St. Louis, so that's that's who I'm most excited about. Um, I'll be tuning in to watch watch him, and I do have him on my fantasy baseball team. I grabbed him a while ago, so that's. Smart man right there. Ernest, what do you think? Freddie Freeman. Love Freddie Freeman. And first base, you're right, is always packed every year in the National League. And a shout-out to Ronald Acuna Jr., who is the youngest all-star elected to start a game all time. But, you know, I look at these lineups, and the National League, I, I agree with every position. That's that's the best player. But, you know, the argument has always been when you pick all-star game, is it something to honor the career? or what they've done the first part of the season because George Springer has missed 75% of the season, <laughs> but he's elected a starter in the American league. And I just don't understand. And Michael Brandley, Brandley, who was an average outfielder with the Indians was elected to start. I mean, certain guys get votes and you want a comeback story. I got you a comeback story. You know, who was elected the designated hitter in the American league 36 year old 
Hunter Pence. MVP, that's right. Hunter Pence, who was left for dead at San Francisco last year, who had to sign a minor league contract with the Rangers. Still, the guy has the weirdest batting stance. He wears Straight his baseball, baseball. He wears his pants over his knees like he's, he's wearing bike straight, shorts. I love straight it. out backyard baseball. I like it. All the way. I agree. But that's it's it's a great comeback for a guy that everyone he batted 211 last year for the Giants. It's a great little comeback. But uh I mean I, the National League I got no problems with with the starters the American League a Rafael Devers, Boston probably should have been considered for third base. Uh, of course, Mike Trout got the most votes, and that's that's realistic. Uh, Bergman should have been the shortstop, but all in all, I mean, it's a glorified exhibition game. It always has been. I mean, the reserves and the pitchers won't be named to this weekend, and every team has to have a representative, so people are going to be left out, and Players only fuss because they've got bonuses to their contracts that if they get named, they don't want to play in the game. They'd rather have the five days off, but they want to be named to the team because they want that cash bonus. Then they'll That's have right. a calf injury or something little nagging injury that can't pre- prevents them from playing. But then they finally find a uh, the backup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's funny with Bellinger in the outfield um, for the, the Dodgers, obviously. What's, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this, but apparently like fans have been jumping out of the stands, running up to him and giving him a hug. Um, I think it's, it's happened like two or three right times. <laughs> no. There was a, a, guy, a lady before your time called the Fabulous Morgana, who was an Adelist, if you know what that means, a professional dancer of some sort. And she would come out and kiss guys at the home plate. Pete Rose, Hank Aaron, Cal Ripken Jr. It was almost it was almost a routine that you expected. And the problem was, yeah, but at the end she was nearing she was an octogenarian. So it wasn't really it was kind of sad to see her teeter uh to the, the to the uh, batting <laughs> circle and give her a kiss. I mean it was it was sad. The choice of wording brilliant. Brilliant. Well, well I'm I'm trying to be careful in what I say there. Teeter? Teeter, teeter, yes. teeter yes, shall we say that the physics gave her a problem to say the least. You know what's great too is um Polanco who was gonna play uh what uh shortstop for the twins He's gonna be. He's the first Minnesota Twin to start an All Star game to be named a starter in the All Star game in forty years. That is crazy. I mean, I mean, I thought like Kirby Puckett was a starter, but I guess not. That's no. You know who it was, don't you? Forty years ago. I that was before my time. I don't know. Cal Ripken. No, no. twin. Rod Caru. Oh, I said in between Kirby Puckett. Yeah, hey, let's talk about the Twins who are ten games up on the Indians. I who love it. Great record. story. Best story. record in baseball uh, right now. I'd rather not. That's a great not. story. I love. Yes. I love teams that <laughs> you know. That hey, that, well, David's team is a great instructional on why you don't give long term contracts. Well, no, 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 no. We gave the long term contracts to the wrong people because Justin Verlander, well, Matt Scherzer, team, who's your team JD before Martinez, you get too far Detroit, into it. Ti- the Detroit Tigers. Tigers, Tigers. Okay. The, the entire length. The the entire core of the Tigers is thriving right now, except for Miguel Cabrera. Verlander is freaking Cy Young candidate. Scherzer still doing great. J.D. Martinez, David Price. Uh, You know, these guys are all... uh, It hurts. It hurts. James McCann, who's on the White Sox this year, who's the Tigers catcher for the last four years, is even having a career year. Uh, Yeah, yeah. we're, We're instructional, A, of give your money to the people who... Trust the process. Yeah, well, we're doing a we're doing something like that right now. Let me tell you that the D backs uh, were that trust. were that kind of we'll see. team because Max yeah. Scherzer came up through the Diamondbacks organization. Didi Degorius, who's the starting shortstop for uh, the Yankees, he's the, I mean, we have a lot of pitchers that have gone through. It's it's just sad when you see all your team players get hey. traded and then all of a sudden you, they do. They thrive other places. Verlander hurts the most, I think, for me. Well, my brave shortstop is a former Diamondback drafted number one in the draft. Swanson, Swanson. yeah. And he's part of that trade for... He's having an all-star season. He's got 19 home runs already. You talk about the Diamondbacks' bad trade. That was for um, Shelby Miller. He was part of that trade for Shelby, and that did not Well, it was not only him. It was a pitcher, too, and I'm trying to recall it was. It's one of the kids of... 
bounce back and forth. But now, now the Braves are a situation where the process worked. But again, that's a 50-50 situation. You got to be extremely lucky because you're basing it, whether it's baseball or football or hockey or basketball, you've got to prompt you've got to say that you've got to get a high draft pick that that you know Shelby Miller was the number one draft pick, I think third or fourth for the St. Louis Cardinals. And he had he happened to go through Tommy John surgery. And we, we hear about so many guys recovering from Tommy John. But the fact of the matter is about 35% of the guys who do go through Tommy John aren't the same pitcher anymore. And some don't change because they've thrown on velocity. And, and you hear about the success stories, and they're great, but there's a lot of them that just don't follow through. And that's the problem. It's, it's, a, it's a gamble. It sounds great to, to right. do that and go through the process and – I wish the GM, the former GM of the Sixers, never came up with that term. <sighs> trusting process. It's you don't really trusted Ernest. Get lucky with the draft. Well, the the Braves got lucky because they got Ozzy Albies, who was an All Star at second base last year, and they got Ronald Acuna, who is twenty years old and is an All Star this year, and they got some young talent. And but just as easily, these guys could have faded. I mean, in American sports, that's the only way you can go unless you're a big market team. Uh, unless you're LA, Boston, New York, you, you just you have to trust the process. When it's time to recycle, you're better off just recycling. I think draft picks in all four sports are severely overrated. And I, I think the problem is it depends on who's making those choices. What, not what, what are your themselves. expectations? Is, I think anybody um, – I think – of all the draft picks, I think football it gets gets the the more true value. I think baseball you get is essentially a guessing game. I would basketball, agree with that one. Yeah, basketball is so much on potential because you are essentially drafting freshmen and sophomores. That's why it's, it's better just to get the lottery tickets, right? That the NBA is the one case where you have to just tank and and take the lottery ticket, hope that your year you're drafting Patrick Ewing, you're drafting Kevin Durant, etc. Well, you know, Booker was, you might be Booker was 13th. You might get, yeah, 13. I mean, and he was, the, he was the sixth man on Kentucky. And I think he's yeah. of that team that had the starting five for Kentucky. I think Booker is the only one on a max. Too. I might be wrong. I'd have to look that up. But he was, I think he was probably one of the steals of that draft looking back. And I think he was at 13. So, you know, he, we were, the Suns were barely in the lottery yeah. on that one, and it's, he pinned out. But, but you looked at him; that was more potential because he was the sixth man. He wasn't even a starter, and everybody thought, "Why would the Suns draft him so high?" He was the sixth man; he wasn't even a starter. Look what happened. So you're right; it's Ed. it's a lot of the potential in those things. And you know, they they took Josh Jackson out of Kansas, who was supposed to be this amazing player, and he's been a dud, and now he's doing stuff off the court. And the Suns are probably going to try to find a way to re- release him. We're going to have to give up assets to. to get get him off their books, but he was Look supposed to be some amazing. Everybody was so excited to get him and he's not panning out. Dragon Bender was terrible. Um, I think Monty, Chris, Chris was from, um, he was the other one they drafted and they were like so much potential. And these guys just didn't pan out for the Suns. They were all top seven picks. Jackson, Chris Bender were all top seven picks. I think Jackson was third or fourth. He was fourth. Oh, That's the year Jason Tatum went. Jason Tatum went. There's a good uh, stuff. I mean, but now look at, okay, let's look back at all the guys we just talked about, free agents. And all of them were picked past the 10th pick. Yeah, but Ernest, none of them are going to any city that's not LA, Boston, New York, except for Kawhi State in Toronto because they just want a title. You, yeah, you but know, I'm, I'm saying we, we value draft picks so much. Yet the guys who develop are the guys in the latter half of the draft. But Kawhi was a twenty-one pick. Yeah, I. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but you can't, Kyrie, you can't expect that. You can't. Kyrie expect that was. Yeah, but Kyrie was the only number one pick, and he is a head case. Mm-hmm. I think we're finding out Kyrie. The, the, I w- I would I would not sign him for anything, and especially him and Kevin Durant together is going to be. I mean, Divorce. Durant was a number two pick. You remember yeah. who was picked number one? Uh, Mr. Sure Owen. Next yeah. Russell. 
Yeah, the next Bill Russell. So I'm I'm just saying coincidentally they're actually the same value. age, it turns out. So yeah. the yeah. I think picks in the NBA, not so much in football, but I think you can still get value in the middle rounds. Mm-hmm. But since you only have two rounds and the first round is the only guaranteed picks, I think NBA picks are, are overrated. You can seek out talent. But other than Durant and Kyrie, all these top 20 guys we're talking about, all of them legitimate all-stars that are free agents. But but none of them are winning titles. Okay, uh, besides Kawhi, who, Kawhi is the exception. Him and Giannis are the two exceptions. Of everyone else in, in the NBA, though, that's leading their teams to conference finals, conference semifinals, you know, Steph was like a number nine pick, but KD was number two overall pick. LeBron, you know, nine straight finals, number one overall pick. Um, you know, on the other side, Joel Embiid, you know, was a, was a top pick, it was a number three because of his injury history, but he was clearly the top talent of that draft. Uh, but he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a crown yet, and I believe that the uh, Warriors, false? yeah, Warriors won two with Curry and Thompson, who were ten yeah, and twelve yeah. respectively. Right, right. So, so, but you have to be in the lottery at least, and, and you have to get kind of lucky. The Hawks were genius. Uh, potentially genius at the time, uh, Luca and Trey Young is a way more of an even matchup than it looked like at first. Uh, they, but they traded down and they got the guy. With the way the NBA evolved over the past five years, it turned out that these three-point shooters who are kind of small that ended up in the middle of the draft end up as good value picks. Uh, Kawhi just I think I think we're going to see a change in the sport. We have seen a shift in which... Uh, Three-point line, you know, four outside the circle, and one guy to basically set picks at free throw line. That's your the Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. And hey, excuse me, Draymond was picked where? Second round. Yeah, and Draymond yeah. is the difference with that team. Uh, Zion Williams is best comp. Yeah, well, I, I super, to me, super Zion, good. his high, he's a Blake Griffin. If he, without injuries, lower expectation would be a Paul Millsap. Those are all stars, either one of them. Yeah, great. But they're not game savers. But now, my my point is I think basketball tends to shift and change. The, The isolation game we saw with Michael Jordan in the 90s became the three and D. And I think you're going to see a change. I think you're going to see right now, no fouls are called outside the three point. I mean, you look at a guy cry side. He's called your call for a foul outside three point line. Whereas inside Draymond pretty much wrestles the guy and never gets called for fouls inside the lane. I mean, you see him, he does the old hockey move. He'll put a leg under the thigh and try to flip a guy over. I think you're going to see a a transition and I think basketball will change because it always does it. We see it in every sport football. We saw that all offense. Now defense will catch up. Eventually they always do. It's, it's, Baseball, we're going to see a change. They're going to go away from strikeouts and home runs because people are going to get bored. The attendance for baseball has gone down five years in a row, so they will change the baseball sport. Baseball stinks to watch. It stinks to watch. So that's and the conversation. And the attendance, attendance has gone down. That's the reason why. And I think you're going to see a little bit of that with basketball. I think the, the little guys who are valued in five years will not be overvalued. Yep. All right. Because that's uh, as much as Curry is, and Curry is a great player, those last two games, Curry could not win against the Raptors. I agree. Well, we got foul. one thing we can talk about more before we got to end it here, boys, which Let's is um, it. it's kind of UConn, University of Connecticut, um, kind of known as a good good basketball team, although not, not in the past couple of years. But anyway, they are moving back to the Big East. What do you guys think about that? I think, I mean, Connecticut's I- excited about it here. It was unanimous by the board of directors. Um, for UConn. So, Ernest, what do you what do you think about moving back to the Big East? I know ESPN really wants to renegotiate their AAC football contract. Uh, you know, Connecticut good on the pennies. Connecticut really wanted to get into the ACC with all this migration of teams, but they just did not have a, a representative football team. And getting back in the Big East uh, again, uh, they've never been able to have that successful football team except for a couple of teams. Uh, it's good. I'd rather see them play against 
DePaul and 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 St. John's and those schools and the AAC going against East Carolina and Memphis and places like that. Even I mean, though Memphis, Memphis will be a top five team this year, but I think it's it's it, better competitive league. It's great exposure. Fox has the contract, so every game will be on either FS1 or on the Fox national contracts for the for this period. And when, so it's great exposure. One thing that's interesting that I heard was um, the UConn's women basketball. Obviously, they're pretty dominant, but they never lost a game in conference play in the American Conference. I mean, so it was. I mean, it was not even close. So I think that's good for them too, and I think it's good for UConn men's team. I think they do. They do have to figure out where the football is going to go um, because the Big East doesn't have football anymore. So they do have to figure that part out. But I can tell you, in Connecticut, everybody was so excited to have them back in the Big East. I think it's been boring to have them in the in the American. So. You know, it's funny living in Connecticut. I, I, I got heard a little bit more about it uh, than I normally probably would, but I, I think overall it's it's a good thing. I've yet to go to a UConn game. It's on the it's on the list, you know, men or women. But we all remember the the Sarah, the UConn Georgetown games. I mean, that's that's it goes back to when Dave Gavitt created that league back in in seventy yeah. nine. They belong in the Big East. Yeah, yeah it's, they I do. Like I mean, Syracuse. I'm not the I mean, sorry, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Syracuse is not in it, but Syracuse decided football is more important than basketball. So, yeah, exactly. Here's the thing: U- UConn is the biggest loser in conference realignment. However, they're not the first, or they're not they're not the only loser. They're the first loser to admit defeat. I think with college football, the landscape is changing. Where ten years ago, five years ago, everyone was expecting these TV contracts are just going to balloon and balloon and balloon. We're going to make more money and more money and more money. Turns out the SEC and the Big Ten were the only two conferences to really maximize the profit margins in football to make it worth the travel costs and worth everything else. Pac-12 that, that did comes, too. Pac-12 did pretty well. Pac-12 starts in August. No, 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 no. Pac-12 is recruiting private donors because they're so far underneath. The, the Big Ten is making $50 million per school per year off of TV revenue. Pac-12 is making $8 million per year per school for TV revenue. Pac-12 has lost big time. Big Ten and SEC, the only two teams to actually conferences to make any money. The next TV contracts are going to start being smaller and smaller and smaller. These big gambles on football, football maximizes profit with this current deal. These next TV deals are not going to be worth it for these schools. So UConn is the first school. I commend them for being like, hey – Football is not worth the travel cost in these other sports. We David, need to reduce. We need to come back. What's up, David? Bruce? Watch out for the ESPN ACC network that starts in August, because if I will remind you, the national football college championship team is Clemson, which is a national yes. team on the level of Alabama now. So when they start and, the Clemson Sports Network, like Texas. Well, and then then I look. Texas, the SEC, and the Big Ten are the big winners, I think, of, of TV conference realignment here. Continue. But, but the national basketball champs in college basketball is Virginia, and I would very much say that Louisville, Carolina, and Duke are national programs. We're talking about football or basketball? Basketball. Yeah, so basketball doesn't make the TV money, though. Basketball makes the NCAA money. Football makes the schools money. And that's why people were betting on football. If we're moving forward, the ACC has better long-term expectations than any of the other conferences minus the Big Ten and the SEC. The ACC is perfectly suited for that as well. So those are the three core. The Pac-12 is drowning. The Big East has understood that they're a basketball conference. The AAC is on on tier with the Mac. You know, a little bit above the Mac, a little bit above the ACC. The ACC is the group of five. Right, right. That's yes. the Mountain West, the AAC. Uh, uh, well, is it the big? No, it's not Whack. big South. Whack. But those are the that's that's the little boys that they yeah. sit at the kitty table. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, but th- this was the first school to be like, hey, we we are losing on the football bet that we made, so we got cut our losses. Now you're going to see a lot of other schools doing the same thing. Maybe not moving out of conferences. But a lot of schools are going to cut back on their football costs here in the next five, ten years. You're going to see a drastic effect. The TV bubble is about to burst because people you know, are you know, subscriptions. You know who's going to be the ones that are going to tip the table: Oklahoma and Texas. They're they're going to the Big Ten or the SEC in the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the ones that will be the end of the Big Twelve. Yeah, uh, 
that 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 pretty much will destroy which was the old southwestern conference that they're the they're the pac 12s saving grace if the pac 12 can recruit either of them that's the only thing that's going to save the pac 12 remember the pac 12 was in negotiation with both of them they were going to bring them over they should have five years ago they should and and you know the pac 12 is in trouble when the biggest donor from ucla is trying to convince the school to switch to what conference earnest the acc yeah well, you know, True you, story. you've got another issue <laughs> real quick. Like there's a bill in California, not on the Atlantic coast. Yeah. There's a, there's, well, Hey, Notre Dame's not on the Atlantic coast. Hey, hey don't bring Alaska. Notre Dame into this. Notre Dame basketball, right fine basketball program in the ACC. Uh, real quick. Like there's a bill in California, which will allow college athletes to profit off their imagery. And Mark Emmett, who is told, who is the head of the NCAA has told them that if the bill is passed, he will, no California team will be able to participate in any type of NCAA championship. But you think about it. If kids can make money off their imagery, every player will be playing for a California school. There's a bill like that also in the North Carolina legislature. It has not passed. It's in committee. But that happens also. The NCAA is going to have to start negotiating. They're going to start to realize People are tired of them sitting there making money off the backs of young college athletes. Yep, there. All right, boys. We're let's gonna have to kind of end it there. So let's get the last word in there. Any any last thoughts there, David? I'm good. I think I think I said all I want to say. All right, Woo-hoo. that sounds great, Ernest. What about you? Try to keep it brief. Uh, real brief. For 40 years, I have tricked uh, a young lady into being my wife, no matter how I've misbehaved or how many AAF games I've watched on TV or Canadian football or Indonesian soccer. She, for some reason, has not realized that she could leave and take everything I own. So as of tomorrow, uh, I will be blessed by having a mate who's been with me for 40 years. And luckily, she doesn't listen to this, so she won't realize she can leave me. All right, well, I'll say one last thing for our um, producer that's not here tonight. He's off on vacation, but Paul Arnold is our, um, the guy that started this whole podcast. Anyway, it's his birthday today, so happy 50-something. We're just going to say 50-something. 59! 59! Sorry, Paul, I didn't I didn't want Ernest to say your actual. I was just going to say early 50s. 57! But... <laughs> 57! Sure, sure. 57. <laughs> yeah. Right, so... He's dropping leap years. That's what he's doing. 59. Everybody turns 59 lives. Probably uses. All right. So, Paul, so happy your AARP. Happy, happy birthday. birthday. There, Welcome Paul. to the AARP. Thanks for listening, guys, for uh, Ernest, David, and myself. Have a great night or morning or evening.